And welcome back to the ninth episode of the Small Market Insecurities Podcast. It's your host, Phil Razor, sitting here with my co-host, Sky Ball. Sky, how the hell are we today, man? Well, I was doing really good until I got back from vacay, so I guess I'm doing all right. Welcome back, fuckstick. There he is. Our resident stack guy, stack guy Nate. What's up, Slumlord Millionaire? Slumlord Millionaire. <laughs> no, I heard you guys were bad-mouthing me. A lot while I was away, and I just want to say, volume up, pussy. From the bottom of my heart, I fucking love you guys, but you can fuck the right off. Well, you don't have any PTO for the next twenty-four months because you've exhausted. Yeah, he burned it, it all. He burned it all this week. I hope it was worth Starting it. Starting a new job, asking for time off. How fucking dare you? I can't believe this guy. The best part about the whole thing the is the work ethic is just terrible. Oh my god. This guy comes on the podcast, all of a sudden he's taking a vacation, he's like, we hired you for this new job, and all of a sudden you want time off. What a scumbag. Now he's over here, sunglasses on, AirPods in, ignoring the hell out of us. Son, How are we going to get our stats, fucking badass, baby. Who ever said you were a badass? That's not a badass. Oh my never god. on a stat guy. He's wearing shades inside with an Ohio State Buckeye hockey jersey on. Oof. Skullbucks. I mean, all Skull bucks. So How many days now? Thir- or 14... Or- 13. Uh, I think 14. 13 days. 13 days. We are all Buckeye fans, but You're I promise... You're the stat guy. Why are you asking me? I promise it is 13 <laughs> days, but I promise we're not going to be covering the Buckeyes Can in this podcast. Can we safety off part two for this episode? Because... <laughs> no, not every episode is going to be safety off. We should have just named the podcast safety off. Well, maybe, but the whole point of this podcast is not about safety off, Skyler. <laughs> all right, Tony, too tactical. Here we go. Shout out to Shep. Someone has to fucking keep you guys in line. So we're gonna yeah. stop. <laughs> Dad, no, I'm not the reason for your issues. You're not my. We real are gonna. Dad. I don't we are to gonna see you. <laughs> yeah, you do. We are gonna start off this podcast by going over the NFC South. We have not touched on this division yet, and we're gonna start off with the Carolina Panthers. They are definitely a small market in terms Shout of. Shout out my buddy Pat Elfline. Absolutely glad he's there. Um, the fun thing about the Carolina Panthers is they are the expansion brother of my beloved Jacksonville Jaguars. They've been around for a while now. Been 25 years. They've been 26th season, I believe. And they've been to a couple Super Bowls. They've never won one, but they did go to one with Jake DeLome, which was miraculous. They lost a heartbreaker to the Patriots. They also went to a Super Bowl in that insane year with Cam Newton going 15-1. and one. He was the MVP. That was an incredible year. Um, they, they just, oh, how time flies. <laughs> time flies. Look at him now. Time flies when you're a piece of shit. Time flies when you're a piece of shit. So, time's a fucking dick. <laughs> he gets everybody except for Tom Brady. Bite the pillow. Like, I'm going in dry. Oh, my goodness gracious. But, um, you know, they went to that Super Bowl and ran into the buzzsaw that was the Denver Broncos defense that year. But... You know, the, the, the Panthers have made some wholesale changes over the last couple of years. Um, they rocked Teddy Bridgewater last year. They have Sam Darnold now. I guess we'll start there. Sky, I know you're very uh, down on Sam Darnold. I am much more, you know, that, that stock can grow. I would invest in that stock in Carolina because the New York Jets really, that's a place where careers going to die. Well, and that's, that's the, I think there might be a disconnect here. Um, I think that, it's, I, don't, I don't dislike Sam Darnold because I don't think he's capable of being great. I just wasn't high on him because of the situation he was in and because I think the Jets, I mean, the Jets and Cleveland were like the two teams that they're known for being a quarterback graveyard. Like, you send a quarterback there, they're probably not going to pan out. So, with him leaving New York, I think that Sam Darnold could be great. Yeah. I really do. I mean, because in that draft, even at USC, like, he was, he, dude, he was fucking slinging mm-hmm. at USC. I think that he didn't have the opportunity to really, like, fill his potential in New York. He had Robbie Anderson, and that was, like, it. Yeah, I mean, it's like, dude, like you're playing with like middle schoolers out there, dude. Like, how fucking good can you actually be? But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely bullish on the Sam Darnold market. Um, I think he can thrive in Carolina. I think he's going to do good. I like, I have high hopes for Sam Darnold out there. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see it. Um, I'm reformed now. I like Sam Darnold now. <laughs> you you are reformed. Well, in our, in our the, well, the ironic part is he has Robbie Anderson again. So that that was not gonna, yeah that's not it's not going to be like it was back in New York though no but that rapport is already there um they have Dan Arnold he's a solid tight end not terrible you know they, I mean they have some they have some pieces uh you know on that roster I'm kind of reading through it now just to see you know where they can go this year in terms of talent and you said Pat Elfline go Bucks 
And we'll Skull Box. We'll always shout out. Will Greer is still there. He's been in the system for a few years. Um, Matt Rule's in his second year there as the head coach. Um, kind of an interesting hire out of Baylor. Just it, it didn't really make sense at the time, but they weren't awful last year. I think they can potentially be a team. The thing about the NFC South is that the winner usually doesn't go back to back. You know, they they, yeah. they alternate divisional winners constantly. So well, it just means that there's a fair level of competition there. Yeah, it's kind of an or at least fair for like it's an even league. They have Hubbard, uh, the rookie running back out of Oklahoma State. That kid put up numbers there. He was in the Heisman talks all the time. Chuba. So Chuba. I think that'll be kind of fun to see how he morphs into the NFL. Um, you know, I'm like I said, I'm just looking through this Terrence Marshall Jr. And then okay. obviously, you know, the elephant in the room is we haven't referenced Christian McCaffrey yet. He was hurt a lot. Last I would be year. remiss. If I would I be utterly him. remiss if I did not mention <laughs> Christian McCaffrey. How good do you think McCaffrey can be coming off his injury? And what do you think the ceiling is for Christian McCaffrey's guy? Barry Sanders. Yeah. He runs like Barry Sanders. Yeah. I, I think that he, I mean, the kid's fucking impressive. Mm-hmm. His lateral movement is, I think, maybe the best. It, it, he reminds me a lot of Shady McCoy. Sure. It's a good comp. It's the, it's the you know, the back and forth sidestep. Like, he can find a hole really fast. And also, like, if you get him in the open field, he's gone. He's got the straight line speed. DJ Moore is also there. He's a very good receiver. I've had him in fantasy a few times. When you need a plug-and-play guy, very good guy to have on the roster. He's consistent. He is very consistent. And it'll just be interesting to see. I think 7-10 and is probably the ceiling for this team. I think the the Bucks are good. I think the Falcons are kind of. The Falcons are kind of. You don't know what they're going to do. And the Saints. Fuck Matt Ryan. And we'll get to the Saints here in a little bit. I don't know exactly what's going to happen with the New Orleans Saints, but we'll touch on that in a little bit. But, I mean, it's Sam Darnold. they got P.J. Walker, the quarterback out of Temple, is the, is the backup with Will Greer. They'll fight over that 2-3 spot. XFL, baby. <laughs> Failed league. But are, I think, are they doing another league? Yeah, they'll probably they, try. They, Someone will throw money dude, at it. They tried to resurrect that thing twice. Well, no, I know. I'm saying, I remember, what was it, two years ago it, they brought it back. It needs some Viagra. But it wasn't, or was it last year they brought it back? I think it was last year. No, last it was, year. Okay. It, it, it got cut off by the pandemic. Yeah. Okay, so there, there's still potential that they'll mm-hmm. do a, another another season. Yeah. Okay. The thing for me for the Panthers is I like where the defense is going. They got Hassan Riddick that used to be in Arizona, good rush end. He had five sacks in the game yeah. at one point. Like, that guy's potential is high. Um, they have A.J. Bouye, 2017 Pro Bowler. Another hell of a name. With the, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. We should have a section called Hell of a Name. Hell of a Name. I think on I think on this roster it's Stanley Thomas Oliver the third. That's a hell of a name. That's a mouthful. But I think their best player defensively is linebacker Shaq Thompson. He's he signed a deal this year. He, he secured the bag. He's a monster in the middle. Um, he wreaks havoc. I mean, they had Luke Keekley forever. Definitely tough shoes to fill. Luke Keekley's a Hall of Famer. Oh, easily NFL Defensive Player of the Year. He retired early because of his health issues. And you know what? All the credit to him. Pull Re- Andrew Luck. Recognize, you know, recognize your strengths and weaknesses, and if you don't think you can give 100% of the game, or it's going to be a detriment to your long-term health, these guys are humans after all. Well, you all. never want to end up like uh, Hernandez. And take not, that many concussions, get really bad CTE, and then... You really... No, I, I mean, Hernandez, a lot sure, of that, people. Yeah, that's always the joke. Junior Seau. Yes, Junior yeah, Seau. Okay, junior Se- yeah, Nate Brother. Really you also, you also don't necessarily want to end up like Muhammad Ali with the last 10 years of your life you're living in Parkinson's. Cause you yeah, you end up jerking off that. every time you try to take a piss. Gee, the Michael J. Fox syndrome. Yeah. This is so fucked. But I'll, oh, I'll run Jesus. through a few. I'll run through a few stats here for the Carolina Panthers from last year. Obviously, it was a different quarterback, but Christian McCaffrey played three games. Started three games last year. Two hundred twenty-five yards. Still had five touchdowns on the ground, and you know caught a touchdown pass. When Christian McCaffrey's healthy, he's easily top three running backs in the NFL. I don't really think that's debatable. He, no, put, he no, puts up crazy numbers, whether it's, you know, from a just a football perspective or a fantasy perspective, however you want to... Well, fantasy last year, he went on, what, like week two or three? Yeah, him and, Sa- three. Him and Saquon were robust in fantasy last yeah. year, but I don't necessarily see that happening again. They do have Mike Davis. I believe he's still on the roster. And Mike Davis is another one that's always good to have. He's not on the roster anymore? He's in Atlanta. He went to Atlanta. So he's in division? He's in Hotlanta. I did not realize uh, this. I, let me double check. Thanks, my, Robin. Let me double check my sources here, but I appreciate that, Robin. You're son uh, never sets on a badass is going to look it up for us and let us know. I appreciate that you, uh, you know, yeah, they, they also confirmed. So he's in Atlanta. So they lost Mike Davis. That's you know tough I, scene. I think he was there last year too. I 
No, he no. I'm looking at the 2020 oh, okay. stats. They also lost Curtis Samuel to the Washington Football Team. That's a big blow as Just well. Walk off. Yeah. Um. It, we'll see what they put together offensively, but I think this team's going to predicate itself on defense this year. Um, yeah, I mean the defense's back is going to hurt because they're going to carry the team throughout the season. But I, I think you give them two, three years, maybe four, they'll be pretty solid. They'll be perennial like playoff contenders. It's a tough division to succeed in without a good offense. I mean, yeah, the Falcons lost Julio. We've touched on that with our AFC South preview. Um, Tampa is going to be right there. Obviously, we expect good oh, yeah. things from Tampa. I think Tampa's going. We'll kind of you know we'll kind of pivot over. I, I, I think the Panthers probably go seven to ten at their best, but we'll pivot over. And I think this is a team everybody's really interested to see how they go. The New Orleans Saints, man. The first time they haven't had Drew Brees in a decade and a half. What do you think's going to happen with Jameis Winston? We'll, we'll assume it's Jameis in charge and not Taysom. I think Jameis is definitely going to get the starting job. What do you think is going to happen in New Orleans this year? Uh, eight and nine. Eight and nine? I'll give him eight wins. Okay. But see, that's... that's, that's Absolute cracking your skull on the ceiling. What do you think? What do you think Mike Thomas is going to put up production wise with a new quarterback? Uh, I mean, Depends is he even going to be? Is he even going to comes back? Yeah, is he even going to be back in time? Like, yeah, I mean, be he's, he's, I think there's. I think they're trying to aim for like a week, like at miss maybe a couple weeks, like week three, maybe like a week three, week four. Okay. That's, yeah, I mean, Mike Thomas. I can't really put a verdict out there because we don't know when he's coming back, but. He's, he's Mike fucking Thomas. I mean, like, yeah. the, dude, the dude has flypaper hands. He can catch anything. So, I mean, even if you give him a shit quarterback, he'll still go out there and get it. Yeah, and I think the wide receiving core there is going to be interesting. Obviously, Alvin Kamara, who's going to be spelled he's by... He's going to be carrying the team. And he's going to be spelled by... Um, as I scroll through here... That was totally unnecessary. Devontae Freeman's there, too. That's what I was going to say. Sorry for the interruption there, folks. Um, when, when did he leave uh, Atlanta? I think he was released. He, played, he played somewhere else. Okay, last he year. was because he was with New York last. They have fucking okay, okay. they have fucking Chris Hogan now too. The no lacr- shit. He was playing Premier League lacrosse, and then and then the Saints called him. He left. He left his PLL team to go play. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. I, I, also, by the way, uh, first team all name for the Saints. The pride of the UT Longhorns, little Jordan Humphrey. Who? Cares? Cares. Will Jordan Humphrey. Go fuck yourself, Sky. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Um, they're, and they also have Tommy Lee Lewis. It's a hell of a receiving court right there, name-wise. They have... Yeah, hell of a name. Their defense is the fun part for the Saints, I guess, right now. Marshawn Lattimore, Malcolm Jenkins, go Bucks. Yep. Two go Bucks. very good defensive backs there. Um, but, by the way, uh, flipping back to offense real quick, they still have Ty Montgomery and Latavius Murray. So, yeah, just to touch on that. But the defense is going to carry this team... I think my favorite name on their defense is Alex Anzalone because I read it as anal zone. <laughs> well, that, that just speaks to what you do in the bedroom. Talk about the elephant in the room here for New Orleans. Jameis Winston, man. Last time we saw him as a starter, he went 30 touchdowns, 30 picks for Tampa. So the Drew Locke numbers. <laughs> oh, have, double Drew Locke numbers. What do you think are James? I mean, he got the LASIK surgery. Apparently his eyesight's improved. What do you think Jameis provides this franchise this year? Well, like I said, he won a, a couple episodes ago. I, he won a fucking Heisman blind. So, I mean, I think his ceiling is pretty high. We just I have nothing to base it off of because we haven't seen him in so long with real vision, like clear vision. I think he's going to do all right. I, I mean, any quarterback taking over a new offense is still going to be a little rocky the first year. Uh, I mean, he's been there to learn the system. Well, I, say, I, think, I think he knows the system well. He enough. knows the system; it's executing. It's everything. yeah, well, and it's also like, like Drew Brees had connections with his receivers. All these guys, like like that, you build over time. Mm-hmm. Jameis is at a disadvantage because he doesn't have that right now. So I think this season is going to be a lot more of a learning curve than he thinks. Mm-hmm. But I think starting next season, I, 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 we see really good things. Out of Do you James. think he's still the quarterback next year? They have Ian Book. They drafted out of Notre Dame. Do you think they stick Notre with Jameis? quarterbacks can blow me. I, yeah, I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying in general, do you think they stick with Jameis? Do you think they this is kind of a tank year and they take like second, third best quarterback available next year? What do you think they do? No, I, I, I think that Jameis is going to be the guy. I think that okay. depending on his play this year, if he does even remotely decent, I, you just have to do better than Taysom Hill. Sure, but Taysom Hill also provides a lot of depth and you know other skills to this team that... Jameis can't do. And also, I'm going to read off the first five games. Give me give me a record. They open with the Packers. L. They go to Carolina. Win. 
toss-up to me. But, I think it's yeah. a win. If it was at home, it'd be a win. If, if it's it's on the road, so toss-up. I still think they pull it out. They go I, to, think Jameson, I think I think Jameis Winston is going to impress a lot of people. This year. They go to New England. When? They host the Giants. When? When? And then they go to the Washington football team. I'm on the fence about that one. Yeah. It depends on how ceiling. It on how ceiling time. four and one, floor two and three. And that's just to start the year off. That's not even the whole. I schedule. would say ceiling's probably three and two, or uh, floor is probably three and two. No, I think two and three. They lose. Yeah, they, they could easily lose a game. You don't expect them. They to could lose. easily lose to. They could easily. But I, but I think they could easily lose to Carolina. They could easily lose to New England. They could easily lose at Washington. But I think they're going to surprise us. I really like. I'm telling you, like, I've got a feeling Jameis Winston's going to be a lot better than you think he's going to be. And like I said, that's just my opinion. You don't have to. You don't have to like it. Not that I like I or dislike it. I yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I hate you, Nate. The week when you were in fucking Mexico was the greatest week of our lives. It was. It was amazing. Blow me. Present it. Oh yeah, checked you. Nate's dick is out. If you guys are wondering. All the way out. It's an uncircumcised. All three inches of it are out. It's an, uncircum- <laughs> it's an uncircumcised drop top. Or what? What was the t-shirt we were thinking of? Two inch Nate. <laughs> He's triggered. It's He's a triggered. Fake laugh. If you guys didn't know, he's that. very triggered right up. So I guess I guess you could say I, I, I think we both believe uh, everybody on this podcast believes that the winner of the NFC South will not be the Panthers nor the Saints this year. I think the Bucks will probably take it. But oh, yeah. But in the spirit of small markets, got to touch on it. Got to see where they're going. Eight and nine for the Saints is what I'm going. That's their that that's their ceiling. I think they lose twice to the Bucks. They lose at least once to the Panthers, and they lose at least once to the Falcons. Yeah, no, I'm with you. No, I, I think I mean like I said, eight and nine is where I put them. Yeah, that's fair. So we're in a grants, which is not normal, but it's semi-normal. I don't know. We'll we'll take it. Normalized disagreeing on podcasts. So <laughs> isn't that kind of the point of a podcast? That's kind of the fun of it. So here's a fun one, and we're gonna we're gonna pivot over. We're gonna talk a little baseball here. And what I'm liking that word pivot this episode. Why not? I like that you like the word pivot. It's applicable. And it's applicable. <laughs> however you want to say it. Mature, <laughs> I would be remiss if I didn't correct you. Mature, mature, tomato, tomato, go fuck yourself, go fuck yourself. Whatever <laughs> All right, you want to fair say. enough. That's that's not interchangeable. <laughs> so we're gonna do a quick segment of On This Day. And on this day in history in 1926, August 21st, Ted Lyons, Hall of Fame pitcher for the Chicago White Sox, pitched a no-hitter over the Boston Red Sox at Fenway Park. Now the Which Red Sox hard to do in general. This is you know within a decade of them trading Babe Ruth away. Yeah. The owner Harry Frazee of the Red Sox was actually the reason he traded Babe Ruth. Sidebar was because he wanted to fund one of his plays and he didn't have enough money to put on a production, so he sold Babe Ruth to fund his theater habit. That was his real passion. That is a. Go ahead, Nate. That's a horrible reason to trade Babe Ruth. Nowadays, you would never do that, but in the twenties, no. it made sense. Or in the teens, it made sense when he did it. But in 1926, Ted Lyons threw a no-hitter. But it, that's not really what we're telling you. There's been, you know, almost 275 no-hitters in Major League Baseball history. It's not the fact that he threw the no-hitter. It's it's the fact that it took an hour and seven minutes to yeah. complete the entire game. Which is bananas. If you paid today's ticket prices and a game took an hour and seven minutes, with which commercials would never happen, but if you paid for a ticket, even if you sat in the bleachers... At your favorite stadium, it was like Comerica Park in Detroit, right? You sit in... No, 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 no. It's a beautiful ballpark. You should go. I have no desire to go to Detroit. Doesn't matter. It's a beautiful ballpark. Don't... don't No liable and slander against small markets. Sky, you know this. The city's decaying. Actually, Little Caesars Arena is very nice. You should visit. Anyways, <laughs> the point is, you, you, have, you, have an, you have an hour and seven minutes worth of commercials now, and the games take three to three and a half hours. Yeah. Back then, all the advertisements were basically... On the outfield wall and on the scoreboard. That's, that's it, though. And that's pretty much it. You might have the occasional read on radio. but The radio had a read, and that was probably yeah. about it. Yeah. And the game took 67 minutes, and he threw a no-hitter <laughs> against the Boston Red Sox on the road. We just wanted to share that because on this date, that's absolutely ridiculous. No, that's insane. Also, while we're on the subject of baseball and on this day, mm-hmm. just so you guys know, the Little League World Series was founded on this day in history. Yes. It Which was I think is pretty cool because the Little League World Series is kicked the, off in Williamsport. The Maynard Midgets won the entire thing. Terrible name for a team. Well, today it's not PC, but back then it worked. Oh, well, back then they didn't give a shit about anything. True, they did not give a shit about anything back then. 
And that talk is going to lead us into our baseball talk for this podcast. Get ready, folks. The NL wildcard race. The NL wildcard race. Here we go. So, Phil's beloved Reds. They are in the thick of it, and it's fun. Into the thick of it. In the heat of the They're the backyardigans. So, they're the backyardigans of the NL. It sure are. And to talk about the NL wildcard race. Crack it! Boom. So right now, leading the wildcard are the San Diego Padres that we obviously deem small market. That city has one team. So, yes. They are sitting at 67 and 56. The Reds are 66 and 57. The Reds are one game back. Of they closed that gap pretty quick. They did because the Padres, even though the Reds had a shit series against the Chicago Cubs, the Padres got swept in Colorado, and yep. they and they didn't play yesterday. And the Reds beat the Miami Marlins last night, which means that the Reds uh, gained a half game. They are now one game back. By the end of the game, it's and like taking candy from a baby. By the end of tonight, the Reds could damn well be in because they have the tiebreaker. The Reds could be in the second wild card spot. Oh, and I'm rooting hard for him. I might have to might have to fuck around and get a Reds jersey. I'm have to fuck Joey around. Votto because he still bangs. Joey Votto. Joey Votto comes. <laughs> Joey, Votto, Joey Votto and Johnny Sins, what do they have in common? Banging. Still banging. They're banging everywhere. Yeah, Can't, can't confirm. They bang. Well, well, or we could use Nate's favorite porn star reference. Who's that? Joey Votto and Riley Reed. Get it on. <laughs> Still bangs. They both got a fat ass. Shout out Riley Reed. Come uh, visit. Pause. What? <laughs> it's a joke. Relax. I, was it? Yes. All right. I'll believe you this time, Philip. Hella sus. Par three over here. Yeah, hella sus. No, I'm kidding. Um, so tonight, the San the San Diego Padres. The Reds are playing. The, no, I'm, just, I'm just being goofy. Uh, the Phillies are at the Padres tonight. That's a game that the Padres can lose because the Phillies are in the NL East race. Dude, but, their pitching has been insane lately. Zach Wheeler is probably the NL Cy Young. But oh yeah. But the Padres. I mean, they're playing Tatis Jr. in right field now because they have Adam Frazier. They have mm-hmm. Cronenworth. They're messing around with their lineup, and it's not producing results right now. They did just sign Jake Arrieta. It's a nice signing. Um, I think he's a little past his prime. He's past his prime. I watched him no hit the Reds in 2016 and almost broke things. It's okay. Um, <laughs> but the Reds have the Marlins. It was almost and, a, Sam, a Samsung 55-inch that lost its life. It almost did. It was actually a Westinghouse at that time. But Ooh, classy shit, Phil. I know. Who am I? And the Reds have the Marlins. The Reds have the 29th of 30th ranked schedules left in Major League Baseball. The Padres have the toughest schedule left. But who were not... I, I'm, I think the Reds are going to catch them. It's not a matter of catching them. It's can they stave off the fucking Cardinals. The Cardinals are two and a half games behind the Reds right now. The NL Central's all but the Brewers. They're eight and a half games up on the Reds. Yeah. The Reds play them three games next week in Milwaukee. They have to sweep to even have a prayer. But... Which is going to be really hard to The do. Reds still have a shit ton of games with the Pirates, who are awful... Oh, yeah. The Reds also have this series with the Marlins, and they play the Marlins again next week. So they have. I think, a, I think you guys got a shot. They have a chance, to, a very, very slim chance to run outside and catch the Brewers for the division, but a much better shot of getting a wild card spot. Yeah, I mean, I'm going I'm to be, I'll, for your sake, I'll be sitting there in my Joey Votto jersey watching. Joey Votto, baby. Still bangs. Well, he I'll bangs. Hop your, I'll hop on the bandwagon for you, buddy. <laughs> Appreciate yeah. it. Actually, I'm going to get a jersey, and instead of Votto on the back, I'm just going to put Still bangs. Still bangs. I'm also, obviously, I mean, Jesse Winker's out with an injury right now for the Reds. Um, you know, Tatis Jr. just came back for the Padres. The Cardinals are kind of getting their groove back. Nolan Arenado's a very good player. He's starting to produce. Paul Goldschmidt's producing again. They have their own Rookie of the Year candidate in Dylan Carlson in St. Louis, but yeah. I think the Rookie of the Year is Jonathan India. Obviously, he's a Reds fan. And if it's not India, it's Rodgers, the starting pitcher in Miami, whose brother was, yeah. his brother was an all-star this year for the Giants. Rogers is I like think a, it'll be Jonathan. He has like a two and a half ERA. It's pretty goddamn good. No, but that's, that's he's been hurt too. India's playing all the time. Knock on wood. But your John, brother in locks, India. He is a brother in locks. No, I, I think I think it's gonna be India. I'm he's, rooting for him. He's got a 400 OBP. Yeah. Um, he's homering out the wazoo right now. Extra base hits everywhere. He draws a lot of walks. Leads the major leagues with 18 hit by pitches. I'd say he's a ball magnet. He's a ball magnet. And I'm on Fangraphs right now. If you don't go to Fangraphs, highly recommend. And for the first time this year. The Reds are above the Padres in terms of uh, playoff probability. The Brewers, 99.5%. Nice. Not that's fair. Yeah, uh, that's prob- fair. Probably going to win the NL Central. That's cool. The Reds are 44.6%. The Padres are 41.7%. So the well, Reds we'll have... Cincinnati live right here. Oof, the, the Reds have, have overcome 
adversity to win the inning. It was my high school baseball saying. I love using that facetiously and speak now. Um, win the inning? you got to overcome adversity and win the inning, man. You can't win a game if you don't win an inning in your time, you know? You sound like Ryan Day. I try to be Ryan Day. Handsome bastard. Go Bucks. No big no big oh, work. H. No big work talk. Wow. As you sit here wearing a Buckeyes hockey jersey, suck my balls through my draws, Nate. So, the Reds also have a higher wild card probability than the Padres, but they also, the other percentage that overtakes the Padres is the Reds still have a 2.1% to win the division. Obviously not very high, but they have that. The Cardinals are 8.4% to make the playoffs, but the Cardinals are sitting there 11 games back of the Brewers, which is two and a half games back of the Reds, but in the wild card, they're only five games back. Of the Padres, so... I think they make the ground up. The Cardinals can. Cardinals, I mean, I can never count that franchise out. I hate them as a Reds fan, but I respect them. They, from, from developed... God damn it, Ron Burgundy, do I hate you, but I respect you. The Cardinals have literally... I mean, they invented the farm system. That's why theirs is always so good. They've perfected yep. it. I hate the term the Cardinal way. It makes my skin crawl like hearing he's a Michigan man. I just, I just don't like it. But it does carry some onus. It... it for whatever reason, that franchise, man, they know, they're like the Patriots. They know when to pass on they players. They cheat. <laughs> they, they do. They've hacked computers. You ain't cheating, you ain't trying. It's funny. They cheated against the Astros. They're the two biggest cheaters in baseball. Honestly, I'd rather I'd rather have the St. Louis Cardinals over the Astros. Well, at least the league. Cardinals didn't do it in a World Series, right? Yeah. But the Cardinals, here, you know, here or there, um, they have a loyal fan base. I'll give them that. They think they're idiots. But they find a way to get it done. They move on from players. They know how to reallocate players to the bullpen or relegate them to the bench when they see fit. Yeah. And it never fucks their team chemistry. And it's it's Their timing is really well with that, too. They're, yeah, they are. Yes, they understand when things need done at a certain time and why they need done at that time. Yeah, they're good at getting the jump on it. Exactly. So I give them credit for that. Obviously, they've won 11 World Series. They're not a franchise to scoff at. Second most, right? Yeah, behind the Yankees, yes. Uh, I think we all hate them. I mean, you guys are Indians fans, but... I think we can all hate on St. Louis. It's pretty easy. Yeah. I mean, the only guy that I was ever likable in my eyes was Albert Pujols. It's and even hard, then, the guy's not that likable. It's hard to dislike a guy that that is that generationally talented. Yeah. We can all agree, fuck, we can all agree, fuck Yadier Molina. Oh, absolutely. Fuck that guy. Fuck Yadier Molina right to hell. Just jerk his fucking drawers down. Nick Castellanos gets a suspension for flexing on a guy Molina grabs the umpire and gets nothing. It's bullshit. Which is insane to me because, like, they then turned around and used that to monetize that fucking scene where he fucking flexed on him. I'm like, come on, dude. You want to find the guy, but then you put that in the ad and you make money off that and you glorify it after punishing him? Mm -hmm. It makes no sense to me. Um, I also, uh, in terms of baseball, we wanted to touch on this real quick. Obviously, that's enough. NL Central slash NL Wildcard Talk. But... We wanted to touch on how remarkable it is. What, dude, what the Tampa Bay Rays do down there, man, they went to the World Series last year, and they're leading by five games in the AL East. Fucking how? How? I, I don't know. There's something about Tampa. I'm going to read off, I guess. I'm going to read off the ranking of payroll. There's something in that ocean water. That swamp water. Champa Bay, as they're calling it now. Champa, that's actually, that's super clever. It's good. And right now, so the New York Yankees go get fucked straight to hell, have the second highest payroll in baseball. These are their divisional opponents. The Boston Red Sox have the sixth highest payroll in baseball. And the Toronto Blue Jays have the 11th highest payroll in baseball. And you pop on down. You're like, oh, where did they go? Blah, 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 blah. Tampa Bay Rays. 26th in payroll. That low? And they traded Willie Adamas to the Brewers. They traded their shortstop. And they're still doing this. The only teams that have a lower payroll right now than the Tampa Bay Rays... The Miami Marlins, the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Baltimore Orioles, and the Cleveland Indians. Yeah, I was going to say, I know my guys are in there somewhere. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, it's unfortunate, but they are in dead last. You know, oh, no, we suck again. Hey, yeah. just, just for some clarification to our loyal listeners, that's actually where I was on vacation. I was in the, the Tampa Bay, Tampa oh, Bay area. And you were in fucking Mexico. And uh, it smelled like shit. Because the He was in Oaxaca, Mexico. Don't let him lie to you. He was hanging out with the cartel. At cartel FBI. mate. <laughs> it's cartel mate now. At FBI, don't find us. I'll fucking kill you. He said, I'll fucking kill you. I'll fucking kill you. That's very, very cartel speak right there. If you tell anyone about this, I will fucking kill you. So, it's, yeah, I'm just reading, I'm just, you know, kind of looking through and it's just, it's it's ridiculous. 
they are so far below. I mean, they have a lower payroll than the Royals and the Tigers and the A's. The A's, that's interesting. Yeah. Just to give you an average, the league average payroll is separated by between the White Sox and the Reds. They are the two teams that split the middle of the payroll. Sky, do you think the Rays can hold off with their pitching and everything, can hold off all the other suitors in that division? I mean, I think so. Yeah? I think they've got a decent lead, and I think that they're a good enough team. That, yeah, yeah, I think, bottom line, yeah. Yes? Yes, the answer is yes. I, think I don't know be, what I was about to go into there, but yes. No, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if they can. Like I said, they have a five-game lead. They're 75-47. and 47. My God. It's an insane record. Kevin Cash has done incredible things. Right now, their playoff odds, according to baseball reference, are 99%. And they, yeah. they have a one-in-seven chance to win the World Series. And like I said, they were in the World Series last year. It was a weird year. If they win the World Series, that means all three of their professional teams. And they've been in the World Series twice now as a franchise. They've lost both. They lost the Phillies and lost to the Dodgers, but they haven't been around that long since, like, I think, 98. And yeah, it was, like, 97, 98. Yeah. Like and he, this is the crazy part, all right? I'm going to read off their everyday players. And I'm a baseball nut, so I've heard of most of these guys, but you probably haven't. Yeah. This is where it gets... <laughs> I'm the resident NBA guy. <laughs> Mike Zanino. Heard of him. Yandy Diaz. Yep. Brandon Lowe. Nope. Joey Wendell. Yeah. Randy Arazarina. Fuck no. <laughs> Kevin Kiermeyer. Nope. Manuel Margot. Nope. And Austin Meadows. Yes. Okay. And then their bench players are like Brett Phillips, G Man Troy, Francisco Mejia, and uh, their shortstop now is Wander Franco. And they they did trade for Nelson Cruz. Wander Franco and, and Nelson Cruz, I've definitely heard of. They traded Rich Hill to the Mets. Yep. Pretty much their best lefty. Yeah, um, they have Michael Walker, obscure former Cardinal, right there. Obscure but, sports quarterly. But their, but their <laughs> starting pitchers are, you know, basically, and it's funny because they they don't use these guys solely in starting roles. They also do the opener sometimes. So yeah. they'll use a reliever to start the game. It's a new baseball concept where you have a guy go two winnings and you pretty much have a bullpen game the rest of the time. Yeah. Well, look how that worked out for the Indians against the Reds. <laughs> it did work out well the time the Indians did against the Reds in that in the the one game they played last. Yeah. Time. You and I, you and I showed up the bar and I was right. like, wait, what the fuck? I've never heard of this guy. And he's like, oh no, no, it's a bullpen game. It's a bullpen game. And I was like, ah, oh, that's gonna go south pretty quick. And then ended up. <laughs> well, they have Auburn, you guys. So they have Colin McHugh in the bullpen, who was uh, a part of those really successful, albeit cheater, Astros teams. But they have it's the Patriot way. Ryan Yarborough, Josh Fleming, Shane McConaughey, and then their best starter is probably Tyler Glasgow when he's on the IL for sixty days. I mean, he's he's out. Um, and Michael Walker, like they're doing it with a just a patchwork group. Yeah, and it's just ridiculous what they've it's been. It's a doing. ragtag bunch of guys. It is. It's kind of like the uh, the nineteen thirties uh, Cardinals were called the Gas House Gang because everybody thought they were dirty. Because back then you didn't clean your uniforms as often as they do now. These guys would play three games in a weekend, and they'd only have clean jerseys on Friday. Yeah. And Saturday and Sunday, they'd play in the sweaty, disgusting, dirt-stained, tobacco-stained jerseys. Yucky. Which, fun fact, by the way, do you know why baseball players chew? I do not. Because they used to play on all-dirt infields. And to keep their mouth from getting dried out, because you can't just drink water you know, on the field, that's why bubblegum and chewing tobacco are so prevalent in baseball. Because it keeps your, oh. it keeps your mouth from drying up on the dirt. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I did not know that. That's yeah. weird because, like, rugby, like, it, it's it's a weird thing. Like, rugby players dip just like Well, there's a, there's a lot of athletes that dip. NFL players dip. There's that famous Kyle Orton throwing in a chaw on the sideline between drives. Yeah. Like, there are a lot of athletes that, that use tobacco. But, no, I mean, I think, but that's, that's the thing is, like, with rugby, it's it's so prevalent mm-hmm. that it's often referenced to baseball. Like, Nate can, Nate can confirm with me, like, him and I were playing high school rugby with a fucking debilitating chaw and chaw. Chaw, yeah. chaw dogs. Why? They're, we're the original chaw dogs, man. Oh, chaw no, dogs. baseball's the original chaw dog. Come on, don't don't go there. <laughs> I guarantee you, if a rugby player and a baseball player got into a fight, I'm we taking win. a rugby player. Yeah, it's not about who gets in a fucking fight. It's about the dip aspect, and baseball's been dipping since the dawn well, you of know time. What? Here is rugby players. We swallow. We don't spit. That's kind oh, of low key. Yeah, that's low key sus. Tummy's made of iron. <laughs> that was fucking sus, but either way. You've said so, some sus things on here, too. I don't want to hear it. It's true. I did compliment Joey Votto's physique. And the physique yeah, was kind of that, was, that was a little sus. A little sus. But we, uh, you know, I just, I just love Joey Votto. I'm sorry. I bet you do. <laughs> Price still bangs you. No, he just bangs. He bangs everything in general. 
Bangs your mom. Bangs your mom. I'm sure he does. So I hope he does. I'm pretty sure that'll cover our baseball talk <laughs> for this podcast. So we're going to hop over. We're going to give our quick shout-out to the Sacramento Kings. They've won the Summer League. Um, there's plenty of NBA fans that follow this podcast. We appreciate you guys. Winning the one summer tournament that doesn't mean shit. Shout-out to Sacramento. It is pretty cool, though, that a small market won it. And that's one yeah, market no, in the Sacramento Kings. I feel like the last like year in sports has been the rise of small market. Well, basketball this year was great because like the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks playing. That's what I'm saying. And all that, yeah, in the finals and everything. Yeah, like, guys, it, like it, 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 Tampa it, Rays, the Reds, and baseball. It bucked you know, the it bucked Rays. the trend in, in basketball a little bit because like all these guys you see sign. We'd love to talk about the NBA signings, guys, but they all do sign in trades or they free agent sign with massive markets, and it's like, well, yeah. we're not going to fucking cover that. Well, and then what was it for like six years straight? The finals were like. Cavs, Warriors. Well, and the Cavs are a small market. Yeah. I mean, with LeBron, you can argue they're a big market, but he's a big market player, not a small market guy. But the market itself, the Cleveland market is small, but Golden State's in fucking San Francisco almost. Yeah. That's, or they're in Oakland, but whatever. It's it's the Bay Area. It's not really a small market. Welcome to Oakland, bitch. You got the Miami Heat winning titles. You got Dallas winning titles. Yeah. Like a lot of the, a lot of the championships were coming from, from big markets and it's just not really what we do, obviously. So, you this know. It's nice to see a lot of small market teams being at least on the radar. Yeah, and it was really cool to see um, the Sacramento Kings, even though it's summer league and it means virtually nothing, it is cool to see them, you know, thrive in, in you know, in the environment that they're given. Yeah. But, you know, it'll be fun to watch them go forward. I know they have some good talent there, so that'll be cool. But the real NBA talk we wanted to have in this podcast today was Giannis, whom we love on this podcast, is... Mr. Small Market himself! ...is um, looking at being a minority investor of the Milwaukee Brewers and Sky. I wanted to know what you had to say about that. That's awesome. And there's a FaceTime of him and uh, Brewer Slugger and the face of the Milwaukee Brewers franchise really right now because Ryan Braun's kind of done. Yeah. It's Christian Yelich. Yeah. And they were FaceTime today talking. They look like they're good friends. They get along well. It's cool they hang out. You see Aaron Rodgers and Christian Yelich, you know, at finals games, sitting on, you know, sitting courtside, hanging out, gas and beers. Yeah. And all that good shit. And, it's just cool to see guys like that. Like, I know Pat Mahomes is a minority investor in Sporting KC. Yeah. And it's cool to see these guys, you know, NBA players with the TV contracts are signing lucrative deals now. And these are exorbitant amounts of money. And we'd be remiss not to talk about it. How do you feel about Giannis potentially becoming a minority investor of the Milwaukee Brewers? Well, I think the big thing with that is, is if that does come to fruition, I think that kind of just screams Giannis is staying for a while. Well, he already, he he already signed the contract, though. He's, he's there. Well, he's no, committed. that's what I'm saying. But, like, even if he leaves, like, he still has some ties to Milwaukee, which means he'll be there consistently. But that, that, that I think his playing career, also low-key, like, low-key, lightweight, casually kind of tripping, ties into that because that just shows his, his desire to be there, his desire to stay there. Yeah. I think that's the biggest takeaway from this mm-hmm. is that it really just kind of solidifies the fact that Giannis wants to be in Milwaukee. Now, let me ask you this. Obviously, we see a lot of super teams, big threes, whatever you want to call them in, in the, the NBA form. And you can argue Chris Middleton is a part of that. I don't know if no, Chris Middleton really no, is. No, I wouldn't consider him. Giannis either. is the only superstar they have. Now, let me, did it the hard way. Let me ask you this. Out of all of the superstars in the NBA right now that could be coming up on free agency, they're on their rookie contracts, they're, they're new. Do you see anybody joining Giannis to form a dynasty in Milwaukee? I mean, I, I think the better question is, would Giannis be okay with that? Because I feel like Giannis would – I feel like he wants to do it the old-fashioned way like he did this year. Mm-hmm. I, well, he's I, already proven he can do it yeah, with him I, as the only superstar. Yeah, I think, I, I think the, the better question is, would he, would he want that? And I don't think he does. So you don't think if a player like – and I'm just throwing out names. This means nothing. We're just speculating. Obviously, yeah. we're not saying this will happen. But let's say Zion goes through his time in New Orleans and he's ready for a new scene. I think for the brand, Zion will probably go to a New York or L.A. But do you think that it's feasible that a guy like Zion could end up in a place like Milwaukee to win titles as opposed to chasing brand, you know, lucrative deals in a bigger market? Like brand recognition. Um, Which obviously the NBA only has 30 teams. It's very, you know, it's it's the hardest roster to make in pro sports. Yeah. You know, there's only 15-ish slots available, and only maybe 80% of those guys ever see the floor during a season on a consistent basis, if that. Maybe, I think 80 is generous. Maybe more like 66, maybe more two-thirds of the roster yeah. end up playing. And do you think Zion would be willing to, you know, maybe put ego aside and team up with a guy like Giannis and maybe win a ring there? 
Um, I think Zion's a specific case, just because even in even in college before the whole NIL thing, like his mm-hmm. his brand was already such a big thing. Maybe John Morant leaves Memphis and goes there. Like, could you? I mean, I know Giannis plays like a point forward kind of role, but do you think a guy like that would be willing to join him in a like even a guy that's in a big market? Like, can, I, you, can I, you think of anybody that's in a massive market right now that may end up? thriving more in a, not just the market size, he would be in a smaller market, but in a market that he could compete with a guy like Giannis and dominate the East. Chris Paul. Well, he just re-signed with No, I know. I'm saying, hypothetically, I was saying, like, if I could see any big market guy or, like, you know, established guy signing there, I, I, I think Chris Paul would... Maybe that's more of my personal opinion. I think that he would fit really well in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. But... I mean, like I said, off the top of my head, I, again, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Could you see a guy like Russell, after LeBron retires, going, L.A., I'm over this? Because he's obviously, Absolutely. He's obviously there to win a ring. But if he doesn't want, let's just say he doesn't want a ring with LeBron, and LeBron retires with four rings. Oh, I think he's kicking rocks. So do you, th- you think he leaves? Do you think Milwaukee's a destination that he'd be willing to go to? And again, with this specific case kind of thing, Russell is, is he's a walking triple-double. But he is hard to be a teammate with. He's could, hard to play with. Could you see a guy like Kyrie, once the Nets fizzle out, end up playing with a guy like Giannis in Milwaukee? Yeah, no, I could definitely see Kyrie doing it for sure. Okay, I think so. Kyrie, Kyrie the beauty of Kyrie though is he's, he's already he's already been to the mountaintop. Yeah, he's already he's already, so he's like already had ring that. and clout chasing aren't necessarily going to be his things. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think he's the greatest ball handler to ever play in the NBA. He's up there. I mean, Allen Iverson may want to work with you. No, I'm telling you right now, it's Kyrie, White Chocolate, then AI. Okay. But, yeah, I think that I think that he would, him or Chris Paul would be the best fit there because I don't think that they care that much about that. I mean, Chris Paul still wants a ring. Sure. I think on his side, yeah, you see that Giannis did it without you. You could probably kind of ease the workload if you were to go hypothetically. But Kyrie, I think, is comfortable with being the number two guy. Mm-hmm. I don't think that he has that, like, same thing that Zion has, where, like, Zion's the number one guy. Sure. Zion wants to be the number one guy. Sure. Kyrie doesn't have that. Kyrie's like, oh, I'm cool with being, you know, Robin to Batman. I'm fine with that. So I think, I, definitely Kyrie, for sure. Out of all the, all the, all the names you list, I would say Kyrie. But then again, it goes back to Giannis did it by himself, and he was pretty adamant about that. So I, I have a hard time believing that he would want to form somewhat of a super team. Because he even mentioned in his post-game you know, interview or whatever, mm-hmm. talking about we did it without a super team. Oh, yeah. So I think that that I mean, right there alludes Giannis to the fact that he crying on the bench team. for 90 seconds yeah. meant more to me as a sports fan. Like, you could tell what it meant to him. Yeah. A hell of a lot more. I mean, that to me, that was the most emotional title in the NBA since LeBron won his in Cleveland. Yeah. Like, reminds, obviously, reminds, LeBron winning in Cleveland has a whole different element of hometown hero that just surpasses yeah. every other title. I, like, even, even, like, if I were to take myself out of being a Cleveland fan, and I think a lot of people will agree with me on this one, I think that is the greatest NBA Finals win in history. It's the most improbable, for sure. Yeah, and it's, I mean, even people outside can look and be like, all right, look, yeah, like LeBron came home, he promised us a ring, he came home and he got us a ring. Mm-hmm. Against all odds, he's the only player he to He went ever- to college, he, college, I say that, you know, in quotes, yeah. but he went, to, he went to college, he won a couple rings, he grew up. He matured, he found himself, and then he came back home and made good. He's the only one to ever come back down from down 3-1 in the NBA Finals to win a ring. Mm-hmm. And he did it, averaging almost 40 points a game. I mean, that Game 7 was one of the best NBA games I've ever and watched. I, this is a hot take. Kyrie Irving should have been the MVP for Game 7. I, for one game or for the whole series? No, I'm saying when they handed out that... That award in Game Seven, I think well, it should have been Kyrie. Kyrie buried the three to pretty much seal. That's what I'm saying. He he was the nail in the coffin. And if you look, I think it was Game Five. They both had 42 points each. I mean, Kyrie was up there putting up LeBron numbers every single game. Yeah. And obviously, it's they have to give it to LeBron. It, like if they were to give it to Kyrie, people would be irate. Sure. But me personally, I do think Kyrie was the MVP of that series. Fair. But anyways, all that aside, yeah, I think it comes down to Giannis. Pretty much wanting to, you know, plant his flag on the ground that, hey, I'm the first guy to do it since, like, Dirk Nowitzki did it with Dallas mm-hmm. without a super team. Let me ask you, real quick, before we pivot over our next topic. Scott, if 
who's who's going to be the next NBA player that you think with these insane contracts and the money they're making? Who's going to be the next guy that invests in a franchise becomes a minority owner like Giannis, like Pat Mahomes? Obviously not NBA, but still. Who do you think is going to be the next one? And if you have a team that they would invest in, who do you think it's going to be? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, you have LeBron. And it, could be, it could be John Moran. You also have LeBron in Liverpool, too. Like, that counts. Like, I could see, personally, I could see, um, like, I know D'Angelo Russell is really good friends with Antoine Griezmann. Yeah. So that NBA, you know, European soccer combo, that, that you know, that, that love fest is there. Um, I know I asked you the question, you know, and by all means answer for me personally. I could see Steph Curry becoming minority owner of like the San Jose Earthquakes. I could see that. I can definitely see that. I think Ja Morant maybe with uh, Nashville. Uh, the Preds? No, no, no. no. Uh, He's not going to be able to afford an NFL one. No, Nashville. Uh, what's? Oh, Nashville SC? Yeah. Okay, I was going to say, I don't think these guys... Ha- I mean, I, I know he plays in Memphis, but I think like... Well, the, the, yeah, the Tennessee connection, but I, yeah, I was going to say, the, I mean, the NFL, Jada. you're not going to be able to do that. Yeah, no, I think it could be Ja, though, with the soccer team there. I could see, I could see Ja Morant. Um, Steph's right another good one. Um, I don't know, man. Maybe Zion? Could you see Kevin Durant becoming a minority owner of DC United? Uh, yeah, yeah, I could. See, I mean, he's got the money. I mean, I see. I could see mm-hmm. it. I think he's a piece of shit human being, but that's beside the point. But yeah, I think he could. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's in that category. What's that, Nate? Uh, I was gonna say, what about maybe Luca and Houston? Well, Dallas, Dallas, well, FC Dallas, FC Dallas. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, I, I like that one too. Yeah, definitely. Luke definitely Luke. Well, I mean, Houston Dynamo too, but I would say he would probably stick within Dallas and go. Yeah, yeah I, I was my bad. My, my no, that's okay. Brain fart on stack guy Nate. Sorry, right. I just fucking did it too. So yeah, no, FC, FC Dallas would make sense. Yeah, no, definitely. No, it's just an interesting topic, and you know, while we're talking about money and kind of you know getting that out of the way, we're gonna pivot over to the NHL here real quick. A little chill for you. A little chill. A little chill for your head top for the boys, oh. eh? A little little poutine, a little bit. You're a sorry guy. The National Hockey League last year, and a lot of teams did this. Obviously, the advertisements were crazy last year during COVID. You saw baseball stadiums with tarps covering the seats, uh, blanketed in Fortune 500 companies. The NHL had sponsors on the helmets. This year, they're going to do sponsors on the sweaters. Now, overseas, you watch, I mean, even American soccer, the 2022-2023 season, the NHL has allowed... Uh, are you sizing? Yeah, the, yeah. What is the size? Uh, so the size for the the ad uh, logos on the jerseys is going to be. It has to be within three by three and a half inches. Mm-hmm. So OnlyFans would fit perfectly. But yeah, without the porn. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's what qualifies them. I think that's what put them in that like possible. The LA Kings have Pornhub on there. That would be fucking lit, dude. Well, Pornhub always bids on names, naming rights of stadiums, and they always get turned down. They also donate. They <laughs> yeah. don't. They donate millions a year to charities, and everyone's like, "Oh, we're gonna take it anonymously." It's like, Las yeah, Vegas. Well, fuck. Las Vegas sponsored by OnlyFans. Hooters. Who's gonna get sponsored by Hooters? I'm putting in my bed for Tampa jackets. Bay. Tampa Bay. There's no Hooters in Columbus. Yes, there is. No, there's not. I grew up behind one. They're all close. The closest one to here is Dayton. I promise. Oh well, I don't know. I haven't been back to where I grew I up in quite a while. We looked it up. Um. That's but I did grow up right behind the number. Well, well the number one wings by seven. Eating Congrats. chicken wings and grabbing titties at seven. The number one. Congrats, buddy. The number Thanks, one. Man. The number one ranked Hooters in America is in Vegas. So that'd be pretty funny if the Golden well, Knights yeah. were sponsored by Hooters. Well, Tampa can have the. It t- used to. It used to be Whitehall, Ohio, but Tampa. You know. <laughs> Tampa. Tampa can have the tilted kilt, and the Hurricanes can be Twin Peaks. It'll be great. Jesus, I hate you so bad. <laughs> I hate you so. Bad. But yes, they're going to allow it. And obviously, for anybody that watches soccer or footy overseas, whatever the hell you want to call it, doesn't matter to me. Football. They all have massive sponsors. Like, for instance, Chevy pays a billion dollars a year to be on the chest of Manchester United. You know how much money they probably make off that? Correct. They get a portion of every jersey sale, yep. and they sell jerseys in every country on earth. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of idiots that are Manchester United fans. They all are. But they pay Facts. They pay a billion dollars to be on that front. It'll obviously not be quite that lucrative for the NHL, but what do you think? Obviously, these people are up in arms about these small advertisers on the jerseys. I don't give a shit if it's on the sweater. 
No, I remember. I mean, I, like I remember when the NBA did this shit. And people were like freaking out. And I'm like, dude, it's well. The MLB decided to put the Nike swoosh on every single jersey. Yeah, you barely notice it. It's like watching college football. They don't have a fucking logo on there. Yeah, you know, I mean, you pick your pick your team in your favorite city and one of the biggest companies headquartered out of there, and they'll put they'll slap the logo on there, and yeah. you won't even really fucking notice it. Well, that 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 brings up the question. Since we're all Jackets fans here, what do you guys think that the Jackets are going to do with the advertisement? Oh, like AEP. AEP? Yeah. Nate, what do you think? Huntington. Yeah. Well, I guess, what are you pushing for? Brewdog would be sick. Brewdog would be sick. Brewdog would be cool. I don't know. I, don't I think know. Marshall's Bar and Restaurant in Grandview should sponsor him. Shout out to Sky's former employer. Shout out to Matt Marshall. He's shout a terrible wrestler. I kicked his ass at Standard Hall. Shout out, Matt. But... The question I have for this segment is not necessarily that they're doing it. It's just kind of news that they are doing it because in America, we're not really used to that. Yeah. Outside, every other sport outside of America, you see it all the time. Correct. And, and, it's and everywhere. You look at these jerseys in like the Swedish League and they're fucking everywhere. Oh, yeah. And it's it, it's nuts. It's nuts. And my question is, what is too much? Because like those Swedish League teams, they look like NASCARs. And I think one or two, you're good. One or two is fine. One or two is fine. I'd be okay with one of like the sleeve as a patch too. Yeah, it's, do like you it's know, it's when you're fucking. Like, there's like twenty of them on the there, chest, and then one on the sleeve. I'm yeah, the when, when there's like and maybe even one on the helmet. When there's like twenty of them, it's one like on the back. Like you could do kind of like the European soccer style. Like you do a small logo on the back, or like have yeah. the advertisement up top, and then like your names on the bottom underneath your number. Yep, I'd be okay with that. But yeah, okay. I guess no more than three. Yep. Anything more than three is overkill. I agree. So, I, you know, I and we're not trying to sound like old man yelling at clouds here. Get off my lawn! Ugh, Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood <laughs> and Grant Torino. You know? Yeah, seriously. Everybody get the fuck out of here. I'm not leaving my neighborhood. Yeah. But I, I legitimately think, like, more than three would be overkill. Oh, absolutely. Um, but, yeah. I, I like Nate's laptop. I don't care if, if you have a problem with it. If, if you're a hockey traditionalist, by all means, once again, tweet at us at smallmarketins. Instagram, smallmarketinsecurities. TikTok, smallmarketinsecurities. Follow us, troll us, praise us, fuck with us, we don't care. Help us make fun of you. I mean, whatever. Yeah, we'll roast you. <laughs> if you have a fucking profile picture worth roasting, we'll be happy to fire back. But we were just curious what everybody thinks about that, so by all means, reach out to us. But the other thing we wanted to hop to in NHL news... Speaking of get off my lawn... The Arizona Coyotes are not getting their stadium lease renewed. The question, are they staying in Arizona... They don't draw the best crowd. It's a tough hockey sell. I mean, it's so hard to keep the ice from melting there. They had to put grass on the roof of Gila River Arena. And Jesus. players go up there and they chip. They practice their golfing on the roof of the arena because it's covered in grass to insulate it. Like absorb the heat a little bit? Correct. And they did not renew their lease, so they're going to move. Now, with the realignment with the Seattle Crackheads coming into the league... Shout crack out to the crackheads. Crackheads. Playing in the crack house. I don't know if you know this, Joe Rogan, but I smoke rocks. They got moved to the Central Division, which crushes their budding rivalry with Vegas. Which and is di- very disappointing. It's Well, that's debilitating to a franchise. Like the, We're Blue Jackets fans. We hate the Pens. We haven't beat them when it matters yet, but the Pens fans are starting to hate us too, and that's like the most common rivalry based yeah. on division. <clears throat> yeah. Once the Jackets tag them in the playoffs one time, they'll hate us too. Yeah. But... I can't wait for that shit. It's going to be fucking great. But, you know, that's not relevant to this conversation. Where do the Arizona Coyotes end up if they get relocated? Because they're in the Central, which has Chicago, Winnipeg, the Wild, the Stars, the Avs, the Blues. Those are the teams in the Central Division of the Western Conference. Who ends up there with them? And what city or what city do they end up in with those teams? I mean, I think they end up either a little bit north or east. I, I like I, I I'm not sure specifically which city, but I know for sure that they're not going to go west. Well, no, that, west would be stupid. Yeah, that'd be that'd be stupid. It'd be fucking dumb because they're in the central. Yeah, they're not going west. So I, I think somewhere in like the. I guess Missouri, Iowa, maybe in Nebraska, Kansas area. So you're saying like Kansas City? Because they've had an NHL yeah. team and lost it before. I think it'd be cool to see a, a Kansas City hockey team. I think they'd support it. I think yeah. they're going to go to Houston. And I, I think that's a better option. It's a big sure. market, but they're the fourth biggest market in the country. When you also have Dallas there, and you can create a direct and rivalry it, that you lost in Vegas. It gives, it gives them an automatic rival in Dallas. Yeah. All right. 
I'm gonna go out on a limb here. Speak up, dumbass. Why are you whispering, dipshit? I'm, All that vacation building, time, you quit talking. Fucking I'm building, mate. I'm building suspense here. You ready for it? They can't hear the suspense building. Quebec. No. Quebec. They're not going to Quebec. Nah. No. Nah, you, don't think, you don't think they'll give another Canadian team? Classic stack I make fuck up right there. Yeah, they're not going to Quebec. <laughs> no, I, I don't think Quebec. I think, I think Houston probably has the most pull on that. For for market for market purposes, yeah. Yes. And I think Kansas City would be a good option. Like New Orleans, New Orleans was, would be good. Was gonna, that was going to be my U.S. They already they, New Orleans. they already yeah. have an arena for their for the Pelicans. It would make sense to just put a hockey team in there. Yeah, yeah. You just throw some ice down, and you're good. That's all you need. Smoothie yeah. King, Smoothie King Arena, Oklahoma there City, you go. Oklahoma City. They have an arena too. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if OKC would support it enough yeah. though. I know, but I'm saying they already have an arena. Like you wouldn't, it, it wouldn't be that you expensive. You wouldn't have to build one. Yeah, you wouldn't have to build a new one. If you build it, it will come. If you, if you build, build it, it, Nate it, it will come. come. If you build it, Nate will come. Hey, yeah. Nate comes all the time. Hey, yeah. All over the place. Shout out Nate's girlfriend. But, oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, thanks, I apologize Phil. to Nate's girlfriend for that oh, one. Oh, thanks, Phil. Forgive him, Father, for he knows not what he does. You can, you can cut that out, Brian. Thank God. Don't no, cut it out, Brian. Right. No, keep it. Keep it. I don't think she Phil, does. Phil's got to face the consequences of his if actions. She, if she's listening right now, then, well, I fuck, I screwed up. But <laughs> no, you didn't. I, you fucked up. I was just a dick. I don't think she. I don't think she listens. <laughs> but that was, yeah, that that was basically all I was. You know, we were talking about is just the relocation of the potential, you know, the potential relocation of the Arizona Coyotes. I think Houston makes sense. There's a couple alternatives out there. You never know. But I think Houston will probably be the money maker for them. It makes sense yeah. geographically. It, it you know. It's just kind of hard to argue against it. Geographically, there's, logistically, financially, it, it, it makes yeah. the most sense in all categories. So. There's really nowhere to put them in Canada. They're not going to put a team in Saskatchewan. They're not going to put them in Regina. They're not going to put them in... What would you just call me? Re- <laughs> <laughs> it's called Regina. Look it up. But there's there, but, like there's really not a, a giant market in... Man, what about Manitoba? Manitoba. Well, they already have an AHL team. They're really not. Gonna, they're not going to take an NHL team. They no. can't. They can't support it. Winnipeg. Yeah, Winnipeg's small enough as a market in, Shout in terms out the of Manitoba Mooseheads. Yeah. Hot take. Alaska. The travels too much. I don't think they. Hawaii. Do. <laughs> not in, well, Hawaii. Arizona's Puerto Rico's getting a hockey think, team, guys. <laughs> you think Arizona's bad? Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus fuck. Cuba's getting one, guys. <laughs> oh my god. So. Uh, I think we can all agree, though, Houston probably makes the most sense. Yeah, no, 100%. I, I'm just, I agree with you on I'm that just like, I'm just like, you thought Arizona was bad. Hey, here's Houston. Like, it's, just, it's the same thing. It's Maybe slightly it's less hot. It just, it just has a lot more people, and it has an automatic rivalry with Dallas, which I'm sure they'll love. Yeah, I guess. So, and it's also kind of a transplant town now, and because it's a transplant town, they adopt hockey teams because a lot of people don't grow up with a hockey team. Yeah, no, so that's fair. it makes sense. But so we've covered the four major sports guys. Is there anything you want to touch on before we wrap this bad boy up? I mean, off the top of my head, no. Just uh, for all the razzing we give him, it is good to have Nate back from vacation. I just wanted to touch on one last thing. You're going to hate this guy, and I'm sorry, but I would do it if it was my team. The Premier League season started last week, and here we go jerking off fucking Liverpool again. I'm not talking about Liverpool right now, you ignoramus. Brentford has not been in the top flight of English football since 1947. Their first match back, they're a London-based team. They get Arsenal, another London-based team, if you're not familiar. My team. And they beat them at home 2-0. Granted, they're getting Arsenal at their probably their downest point in three decades. But still, they have Arsenal at home, and they win 2-0. They played well. I mean, they outperformed Arsenal. I just wanted to give a shout-out. That is as small market as it gets. A newly promoted team out of the depths of all different tiers of English football. And they come up, and for one day, they were at the top of the table. My so my they were they were literally they were literally the top Premier League side for 24 hours. So kudos to them. That's a hell of an accomplishment for a team. Like I said, like my fandom of Arsenal doesn't prevent me. You know, for rooting for a small market well, team. If so. they if they beat Liverpool, I would give them the same shout out. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. It's 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 nothing. To, it's nothing to sit there and piss and moan about. You know, good for them. But Arsenal will come back. Mark my words. Might not be this year. Might not be next year. Might not be ten years. But it will happen. They'll be back. We we shall not be relegated. <laughs> so, I think we've covered everything we wanted to talk about this episode. We appreciate, we appreciate you guys listening. Once again, follow us on all the social media outlets. Um, interact with us. We enjoy it immensely. 
Stay tuned for the merchandise. We're meeting with um, our merch guy next week. It'll be available. We'll let you guys know the details for that. And then start pumping out that hot fire. And then we will be, soon enough, we will be on the Where the Fuck Are We Tour. It's going to be a blast. Minneapolis to Montana to Seattle and back. Can't wait. We'll be covering all the teams there. We found the Browns Backers Bar in Minneapolis. Yeah, the one that's not a fucking B-dubs. Thank God. That's why we're not going to North Dakota. No, that's what I'm saying. Fuck B-dubs. We're going to spend a few days in Montana. Nope. It's going to be great. And we did just record uh, our first ever opinion piece. Uh, Sky and I went a little back and forth while Nate was out. We make fun of him a lot. You'll enjoy it. But um, if you guys have any opinion pieces that you would like us to discuss, you know, pertaining to the small markets or just, you know, in general, this one we did was uh, basically just talking about what era we would like to have watched and been a fan of um, all four major leagues throughout the history, uh, you know, of their existence. Um, we kind of touched on that. So if there's anything like that you guys want to hear, let us know. We'd love to talk about it. Um, especially if it pertains to a small market. If not, if it's a general piece, we were happy to do that too. So let us know. Um, send those over our way. But yeah, once again, we appreciate you guys listening to us. And hey, small market insecurities. Pairs well with booze.